Hello, hello. Today is May 4th, 2022, and you're listening to a brand new episode of Ramblings of a Random Fangirl. I'm your host, Erin. Today's episode is going to be a bit of a smorgasbord of different things, including the latest episode of Star Trek Picard, the upcoming episodes of Grey's Anatomy and Station 19, and the announcement of more Sailor Moon, as well as the upcoming premiere of the highly anticipated Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I apologize for not actually getting this episode out on May 3rd as I intended, And to compensate for that, Thursday's episode is actually going to premiere at some point over the weekend. Sorry guys, I just need time to get the things together. All that's coming up after this short interlude. Catch you on the other side. First, I want to ask a very important question. Has Star Trek Picard failed in its mission? We've talked a lot about Star Trek recently, but today I want to look at it from the perspective of whether or not the newer shows have and are succeeding in their mission to both entertain us and present unique and engaging storylines. In particular, Picard's faced criticism for being too woke quote-unquote, much like its predecessor Star Trek Discovery. Some fans argue the Trek has always been woke, and that people are only now seeing it. The card has gone into some darker territory in Season 2, presenting us with an evil version of the entity we know as the Federation of Planets. This evil Starfleet is called the Confederation of Planets, and the leadership of this entity comes as a bit of a surprise. Annika Hansen, better known to us as Seven of Nine, played by Jerry Ryan. The idea that a woman could lead was also something floated by Star Trek Discovery this season when they had a cameo from politician Stacey Abrams as the president of the Reformed Federation in the 32nd century. But in the Confederation universe, Annika serves as a mere figurehead, with her husband pulling the real strings. This leads me to question if newer Trek entries have failed to preserve the legacy of Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry. I think the answer is no, because we're still exploring uncharted territory in both of the new series, albeit in a different and slightly disappointing way in Picard. I'm still really hoping to see the voyages of the USS Stargazer under the command of Cristobal Rios but I don't know if that's something the stars or the creative team are open to. In the next segment, I'll talk a little bit about what we haven't resolved yet in Picard. I'll see you in a bit. With one episode left in Season 2 of Star Trek Picard, it's difficult to see how the issues presented in the beginning of the season are going to be resolved. 
One of my biggest questions with this surrounds the fate of Sol Rodriguez's character, a doctor named Teresa, and her son, Ricardo. When Picard and crew were sent into the past by the Borg Queen, they were given the ominous warning that, quote, time has been broken, unquote. But we haven't really seen a concrete fix to that. The crew sought out and found a watcher who had been looking after one of John Luke's ancestors, Rene Picard. Unfortunately, an anomaly arrived when Rios found himself injured and wandered into a clinic where he involved himself with a doctor, going so far as to bring her and her son back to his ship. Last week's episode saw him seemingly bid farewell to them as he left to help Picard fight off the approach of Dr. Adam Sung. But it seems to me that the time spent on Teresa and Ricardo has derailed other important plot lines, such as the importance of Sung's synthetic daughter, Kore, played by Issa Briones, and the Europa mission during which Picard's ancestor, René Picard, made a discovery that will lead to the beginnings of Starfleet. Many fans are claiming that this take on Trek is too quote-unquote woke and politically focused. There's also been, until now, no word on what will happen to Alison Pill's Agnes Gerardi after she was assimilated by the Borg Queen and poised to become the new head of the Collective. I'll have more on that coming up after this break. Star Trek Picard showrunner Terry Metalis announced earlier this year that the major players in Star Trek The Next Generation would be returning in Picard's third and final season as full cast members. Which begs the question, what's going to happen to the current cast the fans know and love? Evan Evagora's Elnor was seemingly written out in the early stages of season two dying in the arms of Michelle Hurd's Rafi after being wounded. He later returned amid Agnes's attempt to fight the Borg Queen as an emergency combat hologram created by the part of Gerardi that resisted assimilation to keep information away from the Queen. Shortly before recording this episode, I learned that Alison Pill, who plays Gerardi, has supposedly confirmed that she will not be in series 3 of the show. Pill reportedly confirmed the news while promoting a new film, according to a writer at MovieWeb. I refuse to believe that this means she's entirely gone, however, and I don't see how they can sufficiently close her story with one episode left, unless, of course, they have her ride off into the sunset with Cabreras Rios, whose fling with Teresa seemingly ended when he had to vanish and help Picard after getting Teresa and Ricardo to safety. I'm now convinced that the Borg Queen we meet in Season 2, Episode 1 was not Gerardi, or Borgati as she's affectionately been nicknamed, but an alternate version of Rene Picard who will die aboard the Stargazer when it implodes. Borgati, after all, told Picard via Seven of Nine that, quote, there must be two Renes, one who dies 
and one who lives. Many fans have speculated that this was a reference to Picard's nephew, who we know died in a fire in the Star Trek Generations movie. But everything we know points to this being connected to the 2024 astronaut. We also know that it was Renee, not Agnes, who knew Picard's mother's advice to, quote, look up, unquote. Something the Queen says to Jean-Luc in Season 2, Episode 1, right before the ship implodes. There's no indication that Gerardi, who was on stage at the time belting Pat Benatar tunes, would have known about or heard that conversation. But I suppose we'll have to wait and see what happens. In the next segment, we'll talk about fan reactions to both Picard this season and the upcoming Strange New Worlds. I'll see you after the break. If you've been following Trek at all, or honestly my podcast in the last few weeks, you'll know there's been a lot of fan backlash over Picard and its quote-unquote woke culture. A lot of the focus has now shifted to the brand new show Strange New Worlds. Many people are hoping that Strange New Worlds, whose first season will follow Captain Christopher Pike and his brief journey as the captain of the USS Enterprise, before a young Kirk takes the helm of the show next season, will be truer to Gene Roddenberry's vision than previous tracks have been. People are claiming that Picard has, quote, gotten away from Gene Roddenberry's vision and it almost seems they want the show to fail while hoping Strange New World provides a quote-unquote reset for the franchise. It'll be interesting to see if Strange New World ends up intersecting at some point with Star Trek Discovery to provide a more cohesive universe. I feel like this has only led to more divisive things being said among fans in the franchise. So much for infinite diversity and infinite combinations, right? <laughs> In the next segment, I'll be shifting a little bit to talk about Sailor Moon, the anime adaptation of Sailor Moon Crystal, and the upcoming movies before we close. I'll see you on the flip side. If any of you listening to the pod know me in person, you know that one of the things I love and one of my very first forays into fandom is the magical girl anime, Sailor Moon. It's been eight years now, a little closer to nine actually, since it was announced that Sailor Moon was being developed into a brand new anime more faithful to the manga, titled Sailor Moon Crystal for the first three seasons. The anime was heavily criticized for its art style and for what many fans believed were quote-unquote missing arcs that had actually been filler 
in the anime. After season 3, the series was acquired by Netflix for a two-part film encompassing the manga's shortest arc, and we've now learned that the final arc of the manga will remain a Netflix movie, rather than returning to episodic format. Strangely, they're titling the new adaptation Sailor Moon Cosmos, unusual because the anime adaptation branded the final season as Sailor Moon Sailor Stars. I was leery of Netflix's adaptation, and had to find a friend with an account to be able to watch since I am on a fixed income. Overall, what I'm seeing for stars isn't assuaging my fears much, but I'll reserve judgment for now. I may talk more about this later, but it's time to bring this episode to a close, right after a break. I'll be back with more ramblings of a random fangirl after this. We've come to the end of another episode of Ramblings of a Random Fangirl. Because this episode was released late, I'll be shifting the next episode to Friday instead of tomorrow to give myself some time to digest the Picard finale. Over the next several weeks, our main focus will shift to Grey's Anatomy and Station 19 through the end of their seasons. As always, if you want to yell at me or you have suggestions for an episode, you can find me on Twitter at RandomFangirlPC or on Facebook at Ramblings of Random Fangirl Pod. You can also email me at Ramblings of Random Fangirl PC at gmail.com. I'll see you on Friday for more Ramblings of a Random Fangirl. Take care of yourselves.